0: So Acts chapter 3, and I would like us to read from verses 1 to 10. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, another translation says walking, leaping, and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And so this is a very famous passage and certainly one that as I grew up as a young uh, teenager loved singing because it was Scripture. And Scripture gets buried into our hearts and it becomes alive in those moments when we really need it most. And I really felt as I was praying for a friend of mine over this past week, and that spilled over as I was praying for the church. And I went to this passage of Scripture, and I felt just within my heart, whether it was just my own thoughts, my own desire, but I felt God say to me, this is what the church needs to be doing at this time. The church needs to be going into the temple courts, and they need to be praying, leaping, and praising God, as this passage says to us very, very clearly. With all of the restrictions, the constrictions upon us over the last six months, I believe that the church needs to break out in praise over this time. And the church needs to break out in walking and leaping and praising the God that holds all rule and authority within his hands. And um, as I was applying my mind to that scripture, I felt within my heart that this morning we need to speak about serving together for the glory of God. And this is such an amazing passage of Scripture which shows us two men who served God passionately, but they actually did it together. Serving is best done when we do it together. For it such an amazing effort around the baptism of this small group yesterday, but it was done together. And the net result was such joy and gladness that was experienced by all. And that's what happens when we serve together. And so I want to talk about serving together for his glory. This church has been characterized over the last 16 years by people who served sacrificially. Gave up their time, gave up their finance, to gather together with other like-minded people and to create the space that we have here today. And I believe that the next 16 years should be better than the last 16 years. Because God says in the book of Corinthians that he takes us from one level of glory to the next. In God's economy, things never go down. That's not his idea. That's not his mind. It happens because we don't always partner with him. But in God's idea, in his economy, things go up. Even when things get tough within the world, the church goes up. Because he takes us from one level of glory to the next. For Lift Church, as we start this year officially, I believe it is within God's heart to take us further up instead of just having kind of like a plateau and a swan dive. You know what happens with the plateau when we just maintain something? Eventually, you go into a dive. I believe that that is God's purposes, and I don't believe it is God's plans. That's why we're so thrilled over the last six, seven weeks as we started back here that we've seen, I don't know, over, Adam could tell us, but over 10 new families just walking in. Some followed us on online, some coming in. And again, we're so delighted to have you. But you're joining a group of people who know how to serve. And um, this church is going to go right here. And I want us to look at some Ideas that the scripture gives us to help us to serve together for his glory. Now, the word servant in the Greek is the word dolos, dolos. You know, and that Greek word, ever since I was um, in Bible college, was drolled into us. And the idea was someone who was a slave to a master, and they had an earring within their ear when my son's. Or the one came to me and he threatened that he was going to wear an earring in his ear. I said to him, if you pierce the one ear, I'm certainly going to pierce the other one too. And so they haven't yet got an earring that I know. But, um, you know, earrings are good things. And um, most welcome for you to pierce your ears and to go ahead and do it. But in the Bible, a servant had his ear pierced, and what it meant was that they was a slave to their master. Now, Jesus, as we serve him, he takes us from being slaves to being friends, but with the attitude that we belong to him. and He leads us, and we serve together with him. And um, in this wonderful passage of Scripture, we see that the context is that God, in an amazing way, visited the church in Acts chapter 1. He said to them to be looking up at him so that he can pour out his Holy Spirit upon them. And it happened in Acts chapter 2 where they experienced the gift of the Holy Spirit. And out of that empowerment, the church started to move out and to gather together together in different groups, and the momentum shifted many times where God took them from one level of glory to the next. There was periods where the church dipped, where there wasn't much of a witness of the church within the world, but there was always a remnant, meaning there was always a group, a church, that stood true, and then God would spark something out of them again, and the church would rise up again, and the gospel would be preached. Isn't that wonderful? And so we see here that he fills the church with his Holy Spirit, and we see them starting to go out and serving the world. And as they're doing that, we see that God does amazing things throughout the book of Acts. It was a persecuted church at that time, so situations were not ideal just like ours, but yet they remained faithful to serve. And I would like us to look at how come they were able to serve in the ways that they did. Peter and John obviously were disciples of Jesus. They became apostles. The church was built around a group of like-minded men and women within the book of Acts. And as he built around them, we see some important truths that helped the church to move ahead. And I'd like to look at these important truths that will help us as a church to move ahead and forward into the things that God has planned For us, but also for the world and the people that he placed us amongst. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And so, the first truth that I absolutely loved, that this church, whilst being in a place of transition, Observed was that they positioned themselves well enough by being at the right place at the right time. All ministry within the book of Acts took place with men and women being at the right place at the right time. Have you heard the theory where people say, Well, God is going to do it in any case? My answer is yes. They say, well, God will use someone else if he doesn't use me. My answer is, well, wouldn't it be nice if he uses you? But I somehow question that theory because God doesn't always do it. Why? Because he has raised up his church to do it. There are things that God does and there are things that we are supposed to do. Is that understanding? Do I need to explain that? I don't think I need to. And so we see here that Peter and John were at the right place at the right time, and they didn't even know it. Why? They had a habitual pattern of going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to go and pray and to worship. That was a habitual ritual. That was within their lives. Now, you've got to understand that the church was shifting from the old way of worship to the new, and they were still caught in between the two. There was a period of transition within their lives, but yet they remained faithful to that pattern that they knew that God gave them to worship. And as they remained faithful to this pattern... Even though they were caught between the old and the new, God came and he blessed them in amazing ways. That Peter noticed the lame beggar is a strong element of the Spirit's ministry. No doubt thousands of people were near the temple, and you could see that in Acts chapter 4, verse 4. And perhaps some scores of beggars. He wasn't the only one. But the Lord told Peter to heal a lame man lying at the gate called Beautiful. There were nine gates that led from the court of the Gentiles into this temple itself. The gate Beautiful was probably on the eastern side, of the court that led into the women's area of worship. There was a separation between the women and men at that time. This gate was um, kind of like looked, and uh, it was made by something called gold. And it was certainly a choice place for a lame man to position himself, but of course the Bible says that his friends brought him there, and they dropped him there, so that he could beg for food, so he had some good friends that positioned him here, and it's very interesting, this gate was made of Corinthian bronze, and the gate looked like gold, I understand now why it was the women's court, and as they were positioned there, he was there every single day every single time, so that he could be ministered to. And I submit to you that Peter and John had passed that way regularly, but they hadn't stopped to pray for him and minister to But on that specific occasion, something must have happened. The Spirit must have enlightened within um, their hearts, and Peter noticed the man there, and he stopped. And he came and he said to him, as the scripture says here, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate, beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. God will use you and I when we simply do the normal and the natural thing. Oftentimes, we think we've got to be incredibly spiritual for God to work through us. We don't have to be. We just need to be normal, and we just need to be filled with God, and then He can do the miraculous through us while we're doing the normal things of life. And I have found that when God has worked most powerfully through us, it is simply when we've pitched up when we needed to be at a certain place. Peter and John, by just doing the normal thing, positioned themselves well enough for God to use them and to work through them. Jenny and I had a time away in France, and... um, On our way to France, we stopped over at a couple's house who just needed to be encouraged. And uh, when we stopped at that little town in France, we spent the night with them, and we were going to leave the next morning. And um, that evening, this couple, a South African couple. This man said to me, he's going to make me a real steak. Now, for those of you who come from South Africa, you know that we really do enjoy something called a bride. It's a barbecue. And he said, I'm buying from the local butchers some fillet steak for us. <laughs> Excellent. And so when we got there, you know, he had the fillet steaks all cut. You know, we had a barbecue, a braai outside. And he just said to me, "Piet, he says, I don't know whether I can eat tonight because for the last three days, I haven't been able to pass anything through my throat. It has been so sore and it's just gotten worse. But he says, I'm going to try. So he had these fillet steaks for Jeannie, myself, him, and for his wife. We sat together. We had a fantastic time. But when it came to the time for us to eat together, uh, Jeannie doesn't eat that much. So I'm always, there's always a given that I could have half of her steak, which is always great. You know, but they were, you know, so we we were having a great time. And um, when it came to the time for us to eat, he couldn't eat his steak. He said, Peter, I just can't eat it. I said, it's okay. You can just leave it behind. You know, I'm sure we could find good use for it. And uh, the evening went on, and then the next morning, woke up, and they made us an amazing breakfast. Panker, you name it. You know, we sat out, and we started eating, and this man just said, I just can't eat, my throat is so sore. It's going on the third or fourth day. And so, of course, you know, I love these opportunities. (laughs) And um, we just had a good morning, and at the time when we needed to leave, I just look at this couple, and he said to me like an hour before, he says, uh, Peter, there's an important event that's taking place later today. And he said, "Um, but I need to go and see the doctor before so he can do something for my throat because it's getting worse. I said, cool. Just before we leave, I just say to this couple, uh, I said, would you mind if I pray for you? His throat was sore. His wife had an operation on both of her feet, so she had her feet up, and I just said, if you would allow me to, I'd just love just for God to come, and just to encourage you as a couple. Very basic, those were my words. I said, would you allow me to? He said, of course. I had a privilege a year before to do their wedding, which was just a wonderful, wonderful experience, so we had a little bit of a connection there, and as I started to pray, It took maybe 20, 30, 40 seconds. It was a very basic prayer. There was no lightning bolt stars in the heavens. It was just, Lord, would you please heal his throat and would you please touch her feet? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We got up into our cars and we left. And we drove about four or five hours, stopped, and Jenny said, "Piet, why don't you ask him whether he's gone to the doctor and what does the doctor say? I said, you oh, I don't want to push these things, you know. She said, no, 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 do it. And men, you know, if your wife says do it, you do it. And so I did it. I sent him a message and I said, what did the doctor say? He sent me a message back. He says, Peter, I didn't have to go to the doctor. When you left, my throat was completely healed. It's a small thing, isn't it? But Jesus came from Jenny and I just doing the normal thing. He did something extraordinary through the normal that we brought to him. I prayed a normal prayer. I don't think the level of my faith was very high. It was the first day of my holiday. But I just did the thing that I normally do. If somebody's sick, doesn't matter where they are at, I will pray for them. Even if it's a person I don't know, number of the Swiss where we live, if I hear they're sick, I'll say, I'll be praying for you, number one, or can I pray for you? Doing the normal thing. But you see, Jeannie and I that day, we were at the right place at the right time, but it took us to position ourselves correctly. Now, I don't know whether this young guy would have received a healing to that day. Why? Because God chooses firstly to work through you and me. Every now and then God sovereignly moves upon someone and he does something outside of us. But his normal way of working is through you and me. People here today, we need to position ourselves strategically or we need to position ourselves well enough to be at the right place at the right time for God to do amazing things through us. And that requires for us to be faithful even if it is doing the same thing over and over and over again, do it. And trust God to do amazing things. This church will go from one level of glory to the next if we, as people, position ourselves strategically and as we serve together for his glory. God revealed himself to that couple that day, in a ways that was supernatural. And now we're trusting that more of the gospel, which has flowed into their hearts, and step by step, God is revealing himself to them in most wonderful ways. Such a lovely girl. We talk about the Lord. Such a lovely guy. But it's taken a journey with them by just being at the right place at the right time. I want you to think about, just over the next few weeks, what would be the right place and the right time for you? I heard of one of the people within this church who's just getting together with a person who's outside of this church who doesn't know God, and she's starting to do Bible study with that lady. It, it, it's, it's being at the right place at the right time. It's so amazing how every single one of us could do it, irrespective of, but Being at the right place at the right time. You see, duty will result into delight. But we must be present where God wants us to be. Then secondly, Peter and John, to have been able to serve effectively together for his glory made sure that their service was Godward, that means they worshipped him, and it was man-centered, and we call that ministry. Worship and ministry must go together. We cannot just want to serve people but not be involved in worship. And I think here at Lyft, we can get into a pattern where we serve without actually worshiping God. And we make those opportunities available for people to serve in all different ways as people come into the church, irrespective of their relationship. But that service must turn into worship eventually for it to have eternal significance, particularly within your own life. Worship is heavenward. Ministry is quite earthly amongst us. You have some people who are very strong in the hands on ministry, but they focus on. Jesus is minimal, and we, if we are going to move as a church from one level of glory to the next, our service needs to flow out of worship. Would you agree with me? Very, very important. As our service flows out of worship, it becomes ministry. If your service is merely earthly, then it is merely your hobby. And sometimes we think it's ministry, but it's actually your hobby. My friends, if your ministry anywhere is only inwardly, and it's to others but not to God, I kind of think that you're actually having a hobby. It's actually not worship. And it's very easy for us to flow into this. It's all about me. No serving is firstly about Him. And then it is about others. It's not a bad place to start here. So please do. But let it flow into worshiping him. Now we see here in verses 2 to 6, it says, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Peter looked at him, Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold we do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. All service flows out of that relationship with God then your hobby will become ministry. You see, when you look at Scripture, you'll find out that God always talks about focus to Him that flows to focus to others. Now, you always get different category, categories of people because we're, you know, we've got certain leanings. The people, people love to be with people. The people who aren't people, people, they just would want to sit in God's presence the whole day. And just be there. Your prayer warriors, many of your prayer warriors aren't very, very good people, people. So all they want to do is to pray, pray, pray. Let's have prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting. Don't expect us to do anything more. You know, because we've got certain bends. But my friends, it is very, very interesting that God always speaks about worshiping him and then ministering to people. It is like a hand in glove. So let's see. This is Ken's glove that he gave me. Gee, Ken, I didn't know you had such small hands. (laughs) And you see, this glove doesn't fit that well on my hand. It's just a little bit sticky. But... (laughs) Thanks, Ken. So graciously provided that for me. But ministry ought to be like a glove fitting on a hand. We worship God with our hands and the glove of the people. It fits snugly on the hand as it comes together. You cannot just have the glove and you cannot just have the hand. We worship God, but that flows into ministry to people. If lift is going to get where we need to get at, we've got to make sure that our focal point is Jesus. And out of that, we serve one another. Look at the shape of the cross. The cross is upward, and then it's in the shape of outward. Jesus was faithful to his Father, but he served mankind. All true service starts in being faithful to our God in worship, and then it flows out into effective ministry with one another. We get along with one another because we worship the Father. Amen? If we only are interested in serving man, we're never going to get on with one another, particularly within this church. We've got something like 37, 38, 39 different nationalities. We have different temperaments within the church. If it's merely horizontal, We're not going to really get on well with one another. But when, it's vertical, when we worship God, then we'll get on with one another. If lift is going to need to progress into this next level of glory with God, we need to understand that we worship together. And we serve, well, we worship God and we worship Him alone, and we serve one another together. And so let's purpose to do this. You'll see so many examples in Scripture. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37 says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see the two prongs there? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. My friends, the third truth for us to experience serving, that is to the glory of God, is that the goal of serving is for people to experience God's touch, and we're going to leave it here today. Peter and John were in a position where they strategically placed themselves well. They realized that their service needed to be Godward and then towards man, but they also have the faith to trust God that ministry would result in touching the lives of people. And I'm just going to stop there. There's a few other points that we could talk about just to balance things out maybe a little bit. But my friends, I want you to know that for lift, to step into the next level of glory that God has for us, is we're going to need to have Enough faith to believe that God can do the impossible within the lives of people. I close with this quote or with this illustration. There was a person just the week within the service before we went on holiday that caught me at the back and we were talking about a number of things. And he stopped me and he says, you know, Piet, do you know what I love about you? And I, and I didn't know what's, what was coming because him and I missed each other a little bit that morning on a couple of things. So I don't always expect people to say something nice of me when I miss them and he misses me and we don't agree on something. And he says, the thing that I really like about you is that you're passionate about the Lord Jesus within this church. I didn't take it as a compliment, but I took it as God recalibrating my heart again for this next season. because it's the one aspect that's very easy for me to miss is the centrality and the importance of Jesus, because I'm a people's person. I love to be with people, and sometimes this aspect can be missing. And I didn't really receive the compliment, but what I did receive was a warning from the Spirit of God to make sure that we maintain our focus on the Lord Jesus as a church in all of our serving. When that happens, the lives of other people will be touched. We're here for that. And so would you please stand in the team to come forward. We cannot do it without the Lord Jesus, what he's called us to do. And we cannot do it without you. We need to stand together around our worship of God. And then we need to spread our arms wide. To embrace every single one that we come across.